Okay, so this is Parshas Kisisa. The Pasuk says, after the Chetah Ego, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu threatened to destroy Kal Yisrael, the Pasuk says, and we're familiar with it from Tainas Tzibur's, Vayichal Meisha. Meisha Rabbeinu begins to plead with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he says to him, Lama Yaimra Mitzrayim Lamar. Why give Mitzrayim the reason to say, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took them out under a certain constellation called Ra'a in order that he should kill them in the, in, the, in, the, in the mountains, amongst the mountains, in the desert. That's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu took them out to be killed. And then Marsha Benu continues and says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that Besides for killing them in the harem, also to eradicate them, to utterly destroy them from the earth, from the face of the earth. So what is this double lashon of killing them baharim and then and destroying them It seems to be a redundancy in the pasuk. So I saw in a sefer by. Reb Isaac Osband, who was the Rashiva in Tells, one of the Rashivas in Tells, in a safer Lekach Das. And he says as follows that first, first Meish Rabbeinu asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, why did you take Kla Yisrael out into the Midbar to kill them? That's what Mitzrayim is going to say, that you took them out into the desert in order to kill them. And then he adds on, so he says that when it says to kill them, that's talking about the adults. The adults, the Jewish men and women that are older, they were Moshe Rabbeinu's Kabbana when he said that people are going to say that you took them out to the Midbar to kill them. When it says and furthermore, you intended to eradicate them from Adama. So to that, you know what that's going on, says Rav Azband? That's going on the Kitanim. That you not only wanted to destroy the Gedalim, the mature part segment of Kal Yisrael, but you also wanted to destroy the Kitanim. And by the Kitanim, when you're destroying children, when you're destroying the youth, then it's subject to the word Why? Because that is the real eradication of a nation uh, of Klai Yisrael. The way to eradicate a nation is not by killing off its older people, but rather to kill off its younger people. The younger people are really the future of Klai Yisrael, they are the ones that will sustain the Jewish people. And therefore, when you're, it's one thing to kill the adults, that's the adults, but to utterly destroy the Jewish people, that's a reference to the fact that you're also going to kill the Ketanim. When you kill Ketanim, when you kill the youth, then that's an altogether different league. That's Killian. That, that, that means that there will be nothing left of us. There's a very famous quote 
from the Panavichurov Rav, Rav Kahneman, and he used to say that an orphan, the definition of an orphan is somebody that does not have his parents, Rahman When a person loses his parents, we call that person an orphan. However, there's another concept called a daryasim, an orphan generation. What is an orphan generation? An orphan generation is a generation that does not have children. An orphan is somebody that doesn't have parents, but an orphan generation, if you call an orphan generation, that means that the children are no longer, because the future of Klai Yisrael is their future is their children. If you're able to have children in Klai Yisrael, then there is a future for us. If there's no children in Klai Yisrael, then the generation is considered to be a daryasim because that's the end of us. We have no we're we're orphaned from our future. We have no future going forward. There's a story that's told about the Blujava Rebbe, the great Blujava Rebbe, who was in, uh, he was in, uh, in many concentration camps, most notably Bergen-Belsen. And if you, uh, if you ever want to read about the Blujava Rebbe, uh, if you have ever heard or seen the book uh, Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust uh, by Yaffa Eliach, so most of the book, or I don't know most, but a very good part of the book is based on her interviews with the Blushever Rebbe. Blushever Spiro was a tzaddik and he went through the worst Madure Gehenim in the camps. He went through all different types of, of Gehenim. Uh, and there are many, many beautiful stories that he tells, and he told over to Yafa Eliach, and she compiled them along with other stories in her in her classic uh, Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust. One of the stories about him was that they, uh, they somehow got Rishus in camp, in the camp in Bergen-Belsen to bake matzahs, which is unheard of. Normally, we know stories about how they clandestinely baked matzahs, but here, the, the Blue Jereb, I think the story was that he, he worked up the guts to actually ask formal permission from the guards to bake matzahs, and to everyone's surprise, he was actually given permission to bake matzahs, um, but there was only a certain amount that he could bake, obviously. They're not going to give him enough for everybody, and there was, uh, they gave him, you know, a little flour, or he, he saved up flour, and he put some water in it, and then he made some matzahs, but there were very, very few matzahs, and there were many many dozens, maybe hundreds of people that were vying for these matzahs. And the question came up in the camp, who gets the matzahs? Okay, here you have, you know, these little, I guess, uh, you know, maybe they were the size of coasters, each of these matzahs. I don't know how many there were, but, uh, you know, the simple people that, the, the simple way of allocating the matzahs was, of course, you give it to maybe the older people, maybe the tzaddikim in the camps. It wasn't clear what to do with them, who gets it. There was a woman in the camp who, uh, who had a, uh, she had some children, some younger children, somehow uh, they were allowed to stay with her. And she proposed to the Blujavarebbe that she was, she was a widow herself, her husband had been killed, 
and she said that she feels that the children, any children that remained alive at that point in the camps, they should be the one to get the matzahs. And, you know, re- immediately the first reaction was, that's not kefi halacha, that's not what halacha would dictate. Children, as we know, are not obligated midaraisa on eating matzahs. If they do eat matzahs, it's only a chiyav al-schinuch, and the chiyav of chinuch is for the parents, and here there weren't really parents anyway, but there was a mother, maybe there wasn't the father. So on, on very little uh, halachic basis did this woman... Uh, you know, claim to have an opinion about giving the matzahs to the children. And the Blushev Rebbe looks at her and he says, why would you say to do that? I mean, it's interesting, I'm, I'm all ears, but like, why would you say to do this? She says like this. She says, we've seen matzahs, we're older people, we lived, you know, scores and scores of years. If we get out alive, we'll know exactly what to do. We'll know what matzahs are, we remember them, from all the years, we can get out alive, we'll be able to bake our own matzahs and make matzah bakeries, and well, it's not going to be forgotten from us. But what happens if we don't make it out of this hell alive? And these children do make it out alive. How are they going to know what matzahs are? They never really had matzahs, they grew up in the camps, and so I propose that it's really the children who are the future of the nation they should be the ones to get the matzahs and not us. And the Blue Jereba thought about it, and he says this woman is 100% right. And those precious matzahs that were baked under the eyes of the Nazis uh, were given out to the, those children in the camps. They were the ones that partook, and, and miraculously, the Blue Jereba survived, and he lost, of course, his wife and many children, uh, this woman survived uh, along with her children. Her husband had been killed, like I said. And guess what happened? After the war was over, they got married. The Blue Jereba actually married this woman, and they had children, and the, the Blue Jereba Hasidus uh, continued uh, from there. But it's a beautiful story because it really illustrates what we're saying, that there's one thing called Laur Gaisibar. When the adults get killed out, it's tragic, but it's not Lchalaisam. It's only Lchalaisam Adam, and the nation requires children to have a future. Without children there ain't no future. You can you can have a you know a good couple of years um, up until all the adults perish, but in order to assure the continuity of Klal Yisrael, you need to have children. And so that's really what this story is teaching us, that, that this woman proposed to give it to the children because the children really are the future of the nation. I've seen uh, you know, many, many people that were very knowledgeable in terms of uh, you know, how they, were, uh, they, they studied, like sociologists that studied uh, the uh, the rise and the fall of many Jewish communities around around America specifically. Um, there were some great great uh, communities throughout America in the early 1900s and the mid 1900s. You had communities that were you know in the Midwest and uh, and in, uh, in 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 New England and other places that had huge shuls, beautiful shuls that were built in my 
father's library at home in Long Beach. She has a, like a big coffee table book of the, the beautiful shuls throughout the country that were built. You know, some of them might be conservative and reformed, but there were a lot of Orthodox shuls as well that were built. And most of those shuls are just like, if they're still around, it's just ancient relics of, uh, of, of, of a civilization long gone. They didn't survive those communities. You know why? Because they were so busy building shuls and they failed to build yeshivas. If instead of building shuls, they would have put all of their, you know, all that money into, into yeshivas, into raising children, then they'd be, they'd be okay. They probably would have survived and maybe they would have thrived. But because they were so intent on building these magnificent edifices of, uh, of tefillah, and davening is, of course, very important, but it's not as important as building a chadarim and yeshivas for the, for the future. And because they didn't have that, maybe they had uh, a Talmud Torah that met on Sundays or whatever, but the rest of the week, the kids were in public school. And so there was no continuity to those communities. The communities that were wise enough to build chadarim, to build yeshivas, they were the ones that continued to grow. You have Baltimore, you have uh, Cleveland and Chicago and Los Angeles and you know can, certain Canadian cities and, uh, and and Florida, but then there were so many cities in 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 Midwestern America and uh, you know and, and and South America and all these that they had shuls. They had a lot of a lot of people there. Um, thing like Tulsa, Oklahoma. I know there used to be you know a very big shul there. There were very very wealthy people that lived there, but. There's nothing there, as far as I know. Maybe there's a Chabad there today or something, but there's no... The, these great, glorious communities that one time really seemed to be thriving died because if you don't have uh, an attention on the youth, then you don't have anything. There's no future to Klai Yisrael unless there is, unless there is a youth. And, and if you don't, then we're a Dar Yasin. If we don't focus on the youth, then... The, then Klai Yisrael will be l'chalaisam, they will, they, will, they will cease to exist. There's a famous story, it was actually made into a song by A.B. Rattenberg. Um, what, what? The man from Vienna? Yeah, the man from Vilna, I think. Vilna, Vilna. Um, uh, it's a beautiful song. Uh, and the story is that there was uh, there it was Simchas Torah night. It was after the war, and some Jews came back to Vilna after they were um, freed from the Holocaust from the concentration camps, and they were from Vilna originally. They came back to the shul that they used to daven in, and the shul was all empty, and it was all dark, and there was no Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah were burnt. There was broken glass still on the floors from, I guess, from Kristallnacht or, or all the other uh, different opportunities that the guy you had to destroy the shul. And they basically came back on some Chastar night and there was, uh, you know, a group of men that, were, that, that came back to Vilna. And it was depressing. It was like they, were, they remembered the way some Chastar used to be uh, in the great synagogue of Vilna. Uh, you know, with, with maybe a thousand people dancing and singing and Sifrei Taira being, uh, being circling around the Besa, the Besa Knesses. And there was nothing. And, and it was just like a dark, dank Simchas Taira night uh, in the shul. 
and all of a sudden they didn't know where these kids came from but there was uh there was like a, a young boy and a girl i think it was that um that suddenly came into the shul and the adults these men that were that were there all of a sudden they see them and they they became so happy because they didn't think that there were any children left after the war you would think that you know the nazis basically liquidated all of the uh all the children the children were they weren't able to help with the war effort and they were defenseless and they were so vulnerable and and they were probably the first ones to get killed and who would ever think that there would be children after the war and all of a sudden this uh this young uh boy and a girl come into the shul and the story goes that they picked these children up and uh and they danced with them you know the 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 lyrics of the song are is beautiful it says that we danced round and round together as if the world had done no wrong um the whole world was was still um you know in smoke from the holocaust from the the khurban of europe but they made some khastaira as lebedic as they could and they were dancing with these children because these children really were their sefertira that was the future just like a sefertira is the future of Qal Yisrael they recognized that having children is the greatest blessing and uh and therefore the um they 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 danced around with these children it's interesting that i think the uh um what's the name of the head of the uh ADL what's he, his name he was the source of the story Abe Foxman. what's his name Abe Foxman right Foxman. so so he he claims that it was him that he was that child that was danced with in that shul in, in Vilna that night uh, I don't know if that's accurate or not but I guess he has Cheska's Kashra so we could trust him but that's uh I've seen him interviewed and you know he described to his memory what what took place there that night but it's interesting that this person you know became famous as that of the ADL uh, years later but um that is the story and that that's another um that's another you know uh source for us this evening about the importance of children the importance of of having the youth in Klaistral in order to continue on our mission you know, there's there are some people today it's very popular to have these youth minyanim to have their own separate minion, you know, they wake up a little later and they have their own balkaires and many shuls. Uh, Young Israel of Queens Valley, I think, I don't know if they still have it or not, they used to always have a, a youth minion. Uh, but shuls, I remember growing up as a kid, we, we had youth minyanim. And there were certain people, certain great rabbanim, that were very opposed to that. Um, and the reason for that is because the Pasuk says, Binareinu uvizkeneinu neilech, that Maishu Rabbeinu, when he was speaking to Para, he insisted that when we go out, we're going to go out with our youth and our old together. They're going to go out together. Why was that important? Because the youth have to be able to see the way that the older generation davens, their minhagim, the way they, the way they, the way they sing, the way they pronounce the words, the way they uh, take out a Sefer Torah, the way they kiss a Sefer Torah, the way they lean from a Sefer Torah, Hagba, Galila, Hakafas, Haishanis. It's very important for children to be exposed to the older people because they're the ones that are giving over the Messiah. If you just completely 
sever the, the youth minyanim from the old guy minyanim, then they have no Messiah. They're just going to basically, you know, whoever the, uh, the director of that youth minyan is going to just like run, but you don't see how your father, uh, you know, is naig with certain things. You don't see how your grandfather is naig. And that's a, that's a travesty. Because if we're going to have the youth as the continuity of Klal Yisrael, it's very important for them to be exposed to the Messiah that they have, that their father has, their grandfather has, to be able to tell over, uh, you know, how to how to wear the tefillin, how, how to do the straps, how to do the ritzuis, whatever it is. There's so many different things that you learn by sitting next to your father, by sitting next to your grandfather, um, and if you have you know, a youth minion, then it's, uh, there's milos to it, but of course, there's also this chisarin in the, in the fact that the youth are not able to, uh, to really have a, a pure, uh, legacy from their fathers, from their grandfathers, as to the right, uh, way to do things. And it's interesting that if you look around, um, a lot of the, uh, the, uh, the yamim taivim are based around children, like let's, we could go around the year, um, but there's always a special emphasis on children on these most exalted days of the year. So, for example, on Pesach, Pesach, the entire night, so is obviously um, the children are the centerpiece. You have the Manishtana, you have uh, you know the, the the questions and the answers, and you have Vigadetzalavincha. That's the mitzvah of the night to tell over the story to your children because. That is, the children are the Kiyom HaUma. The entire nation of Kali Yisrael is, rests on the fragile shoulders of the children. If you have children, if, the cho- if there's children in Kali Yisrael, then we know that there will be a continuity. In 100 years, in 500 years, the, will, the ball will continue to roll. But if we don't take care of the children, if we don't give them the Messiah with love and with patience and with, and with, uh, you know, with, with all of the knowledge that we have, then there won't be that continuation that we need. Hanukkah, you know, is a child's holiday, the dreidel and the latkes and the donuts, Purim, of course, with the, the masks and the groggers, because we understand on these Yom Taivim that the entire future of our, of our Ummah, of the nation, is really dependent and it really hinges on, on this future generation that we have to understand that they are it, and the focus has to be on them, and and you know that's why it's so important to uh, to constantly support the yeshiva katanas, the chadarim, because really those are the uh, those are the sources of the future of Klai Yisrael. There is a um, an amazing uh, speech that I just thought of um, when Rav Schwab Rav Schwab was uh, the actually I think his yard site Rav Shimon Schwab's yard site I believe was uh, today not not tonight but yesterday and um, there was a uh, a famous speech that Rav Schwab gave at one of the Siam uh, Hashases and. He basically, I, I, in one of my books, I bring the speech, and um, his son told me something very interesting about it. Um, the speech was about 
um, the Hadron Allah Tinaikas, he basically, the way that Shas ends is that we finish Mesechas Nida. The last parak of Mesechas Nida was, is the parak called Tinaikas, uh, which means, of course, uh, young babies, young infants. And Rav Schwab said um, the following speech. I'll read it to you. He said, it's just a short excerpt about the speech. He said that at the celebration of Asiyam, we recite the following phrase several times in the Hadron prayer. Ba'alma hadain u ba'alma da'asi. In this world and in the world to come. At Asiyam, we temporarily remove the boundary that separates this world from the next. This is because every person will eventually leave this world. <clears throat> At that time, they will make a siyam on Eilam Hazah and start a new beginning in Eilam Habah. In Tractate of Adizara and Aflamid, the Chazal teach us something astounding. Beruvi Maika Abid. What does Hashem do on Wednesdays? Yeshev umalame tinaike shobes He sits and he teaches the young children. He teaches Torah to small children. Rashi explains that this statement refers to children who died before reaching adulthood. Let us recall, says Schwab, for one horrifying moment, the one million Jewish children one million Jewish children among the six million Jewish martyrs of World War II. All of them were killed when they were just beginning their lives. The Rabbi himself sits and learns Torah with them. Someone who miraculously escaped from a gas chamber reported that he heard the cry of a young boy imploring his mother, Mama, ich bin doch alamal given a guter Jingel. Mother, wasn't I always a good boy? At that moment, as his holy neshama left him, the Rabbi took it up, as it were, in his arms, and replied, Yes, mein Kind, you were always a good child. From now on, I shall hold you close to me, and I shall become your Rebbe. Every day I will learn with you in my Mesipta Shalmala, in my Yeshiva on high, together with your brothers and sisters. And so, says Rav Schwab, we dedicate this siyam to those Kedoshim Utahirim, these holy and pure souls, and their fathers and mothers, whose sanctified, who sanctified souls reside in Gan Eden. In the Hadron prayer we recite, Hadron Allah v'hadroch Alon, which means, we shall return to you and you shall return to us. We pledge to review the entire tractate again. As we celebrate this siyam, we impart an additional meaning to the words Hadron Allah Hatinaikas. Hatinaikas, but just parenthetically, the infants, is the title of the final chapter of Mesachas Nida, which concludes the Babylonian Talmud. Hence, Hadron Allah Hatinaikas, we shall return to you, Hatinaikas, is recited upon the conclusion of the entire Talmud. If Schwab dramatically uses this phrase, to address the one million infants martyred in the Holocaust. Hadron so we go back to his words, Hadron also means beauty. It refers to the beauty of this magnificent Kiddush Hashem Barabim, public sanctification of God's name. 
the 20,000 Jews joining together here tonight to give honor to the Torah will ascend to you, Jewish children, and the Hadrach Alon, your beauty, this chos of your Kiddush Hashem and that of the six million martyrs will descend to us. Just as we will not forget you in this world, so you will not forget us in the world to come. Let us all pray, this is how he ended, to merit long life and commit ourselves plenether to once again begin Shas Babli. With the help of, of heaven, we will merit to reach the tenth seum. The Asiri Yia Kaidish, the Hare Kaidish Birshalayim Abinuya, the Meher of Yamenu Amen, which means that the tenth seum he's referring to will be holy. May it be on the holy mountains of the rebuilt Yerushalayim. May it be rebuilt speedily and in our day. So, I just, I love that Hesped, uh, that, that, that uh, Hadron that Rav Shrab made at the Siam. Um, what was interesting, and I did not put this in the book, is that I have here, I put it in here, is the actual, um, his son sent me the actual um, manuscript of his father, if you could see it there, um, the way he wrote it, and he, uh, this line of Hadron Allah uh, that he concluded his speech with, like very dramatically, was something that came to him as he was giving that hadron. Meaning that that was like the punchline. That's the, everybody remembered that line of hadrachal. It was like I was there. It was a very dramatic moment. Everybody was crying. He said hadrachatinikas that those tinikas, you know, will come back to you and you will come back to us. But that wasn't something that was in his actual. Uh, manuscript of the speech. If you look at the speech itself, it doesn't say anything about Hajjah Chatinaikis. But when Schwab actually gave the speech, he said afterwards that like Hashem put that line in his mind at that moment, and it was like it was the centerpiece, the masterpiece, the masterstroke of this entire drasha. But this is the importance of of children. The children. One million children, Jewish children, were killed in the Holocaust, Rahman al-Islam. And that, that represented a very, very great uh, tragedy. That's uh, one of the greatest parts of the tragedy of the Holocaust, is that the future of Kla Yisrael was, you know, so much of it was taken away. If you can imagine, one million children uh, 85 years ago, 90 years ago, uh, how many would that be today? We would have a million children, and each of those children, you know, had, I don't know, you know, maybe three, five, ten children themselves. And those children themselves had grandchildren and great-grandchildren over 90, 100 years. That's a lot. How many Jews would there be alive today? Today we don't have that many Jews in the whole world. But it would have, you know, it's it's an easy cheshman. It would have been, you know... I don't know, easily 10, 20 million additional souls that would have been in the world at least. And um, it would have changed the entire look of Klai Yisrael. So that is one of the, uh, that, that shows, that's like exhibit A of the importance of, uh, of children to Klai Yisrael. And it reminds us, it's an important reminder that we have to really put our Kaychas HaNefesh into, into the youth by contributing to Yeshiva Katanas and Chadarim and Beis Yaakovs and, and ourselves, our own children, our own grandchildren, 
spend time with them and teach them and give them over the Messiah as we remember it and tell them stories about our parents and our grandparents because they are the future. After we're long gone, they're the ones that are going to be able to to continue and carry forward this this uh, this important uh, uh, legacy that we all have. And uh, and Amir Hashem, we should all be zeicha to only have simchas and Amir uh, Hashem to have zara chayve children and uh, grandchildren that are iskin bater uh, mitzvahs. And uh, and I, I very much appreciate all of you uh, coming out this evening and spending time learning Torah together.